Okay, thank you, Linda, for granting us such a lovely time. We bless the Lord for the time we've been together since the beginning of the service. We thank God for the dear ones also who have blessed us with the reading of the word, the Holy Communion, and intercessory prayer. Thank you, Sunil. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Gloria, and thank you, Randolph. We bless the Lord that He's brought us together once again for our divine purpose, for the honor and for the glory of His wonderful name. And I would like us to get straight into the sharing of the Word of God and to see what it is that God has got in store for us today. We have been sharing on this particular subject or in this series of the mystery of faith. And I would like us to continue on the same today as the Lord continues to encourage us. This particular series or these messages that we are bringing forth it's mainly for the purpose of stirring our faith yet once again. In one way or another, getting us back on track in areas maybe where we may have slackened in one way or another and refocusing us to be able to attain that which God is purposing or is willing to reveal in us and through us for the glory of his name. You realize that the words we share it's not that you don't know them. It is not that we have not heard them maybe there before. But as Peter says somewhere, it is for your good and for my good to remind ourselves of this present truth. Because as we remind and as we start ourselves, we provoke ourselves, with a, we remind ourselves of these things, then we continue to be perfected, even as the Spirit of God works in your life and in my life. And for that reason, value everything you hear from each other. Value everything you hear from a brother or from a sister as each one of us encourage each other in the things of God. Just as you heard Linda sharing right at the very beginning, you can realize even the Hope Support Group, if you are not on it and you would like to join it, please, you can always contact me or contact Florence, and uh, we'll be able to have you added onto the, onto the group. because. The words that the dear ones share, the prayers that people share on that particular, on this particular uh, space, they go a long way in encouraging us and encouraging each other in the journey that we've been called unto. So that which you receive, be willing to pass it on, share it on. Don't feel afraid or shy that oh, nobody will appreciate it. No, it is greatly appreciated and it does what God desires to be done. So today let us move on with discussing our discussion and our sharing about the faith that has been given unto us. You remember last week we, we, were, we finalized as we were looking and calling that let faith arise. And we finished with looking at that particular scripture in John chapter, in John chapter, I think it, is, it should be in John chapter. John chapter 6, verse 26 to 29, where Jesus, the word of God says, Jesus answered them and said, Most assured, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves, you ate of the loaves and were filled. Then he told them, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to an everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? 
And Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. He essentially gives unto us an indication of what it is that God is looking, looking for you and for me. And that is to believe on the Lord Jesus, to believe Jesus, to embrace him in everything that we do, everything we think, in our conversation, in our work, in all our businesses, to embrace him. Essentially, that's what he's pointing us unto. This is the work of God. Involve Jesus. Let Jesus be involved in everything that pertains to your life. Then you will, have, you will be doing the work of God because this is the one on whom the Father has set his seal. You know how important the seals are in terms of documents and in agreements and what have you. And God now comes and sets his one and only seal on one. And that is on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he tells us, believe him. Just as we shared before and said, Peter, they were told when they were on that Mount of Transfiguration, when Elijah and Moses appeared, talking and sharing with Jesus, the word that came forth was they were told, believe or rather hear him, that is hear Jesus only. And we finalized with the encouragement that we shared with each other, go back to the gospel and to the book of Acts. Devour them. You know, read them over and over again. There is something about Jesus that the Father wants us to grasp. Something about this Jesus that the Father wants us to embody in our, in our individual lives. And so as we look on, as it says, you know, we have looked on the uniqueness of this most holy faith that has been given to us. As we read in Jude chapter, in Jude verse 3, it is a most holy faith that has been given unto us. And the second aspect we, have, we will notice is this faith has been given unto us. Realize what the word of God says. This faith has been given unto you and unto me. It is not a faith that we have produced by our own effort. It is a faith that has come from God himself, and he has deposited it in you and in me. And we say it is not like that of the Old Testament believers. And the essence of that is, if you look in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, the word of God talks to the effect that God has put eternity in the heart of man and woman. And essentially the whole idea behind God putting eternity in the heart of men and women. Essentially, it points towards the fact that so that if perchance you and I will, we will be able to go after God. We will be able to seek after him. And you realize many in generations and generations have chosen not to go after him, even though he has put that eternity in the hearts of men and women. That's why in the Old Testament, men and women rose up above the fray of everything else. we beyond the understanding of many because of that eternity that God has placed in each one's heart. 
they reach out to reach unto this God that is invisible, a God whom they could not see, a God whom they could not understand, yet they chose to believe that there is something more about life than what we are seeing right now. So they reach out to that one who is in eternity. He is from eternity to eternity. He has placed eternity in the hearts of men. However, we say it, that faith fell short because it could not make them perfect. It was not able to perfect those ones who got, who got it. That, but this one faith that has been given unto you and unto me, as we have read in Jude 3, this faith is able to make us perfect. I remind you what we read in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 39 to 40. He says that, and all these, that is the Old Testament saints, the Old Testament believers, the Word of God says in Hebrews 11, 39 to 40, and all these having obtained a good testimony through faith, they did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us, for you and for me and for other believers now, that they, the Old Testament saints, should not be made perfect apart from us. That is, God kept something unique until he had handed it over unto us. And by our believing, then he says that as we enter into that experience, he says that then we and together with them, we are perfected. The Lord does something as a complete work. And that's what we say he did through Jesus Christ when Jesus came. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 to 20, as we, we, we set the page, he, he says this particular word, that this hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Remember what the word of God says, that, you know, faith, is the, is the substance of things hoped for, or the evidence of things hoped for. And this, this hope is, you know, we have as an anchor of the soul. That is this faith we have as the anchor of our soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become the high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Jesus, our forerunner, he managed to, get, to, to put this faith together, and he went beyond the veil. What is the veil? Essentially, if you critically look at the veil, you realize the veil is talking of death. Death is a veil that man and woman could not be able to go beyond. At death, Every human being was captured by the God of this world, and they were kept in Hades. Only Jesus managed to break through. He went beyond the veil, triumphed, gave, came out of that particular grave and Hades, and he went into eternal glory, and he released the saints who had been kept in, in, in captivity. Now, we shared and said that this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith, the faith that you have been given, and this faith that has been given unto me. And this faith is the one thing that baffles our enemy. 
that is the devil. And he can't understand what faith is. Because for the strange thing, the reason why it baffles him is that he, he is no longer able to capture the redeemed at the veil. When the redeemed of the Lord sleep or when they die, when they rest, he is not able to capture them any longer and keep them in prison like he used to keep the Old Testament saints before Jesus Christ had come. It is interesting that the devil knew that even if man, you know, does his best, even if men and women do their best in all their righteousness, they will never be able to reach God because he will capture them at the veil. When they reach the veil, they can't go beyond. Their, their faith will re make them victorious up to the veil, but they wouldn't be able to break the hold of death and be able to go beyond to enter into the eternal rest. But, you know, the, although he could not torture them, if you look in the book of um, Luke, I think Luke chapter 16, verse 19 to 31, you know the story of Lazarus and the, and the poor Lazarus and the rich man. Something we are told here as Jesus tells that story, where he says that Abraham was in, Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom. But the rich man was a, a, few, you know, a few miles maybe away, but he, they could see him in hell, in torment. He was able to see, to see Abraham and to see Lazarus in his, in, his, in his bosom. You can read that in Luke chapter 16, verse 19 to 31. So although the devil could not torture the Old Testament believers, because, but they were held in prison in, in Hades, they couldn't be able to go on into the eternal rest. Although he couldn't torture them, the interesting thing is they could be able to see hell, as that story tells us. They could be able to hear the cries of hell. They could be able to see the fires and the torments of hell. If anybody can be able to realize, it will grieve you. It will cause sadness. It will even maybe cause some fear of some kind to see that kind of picture before you every now and then. But you realize, but since the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, millions have rested, millions have been martyred. They have died for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. And somehow they have slipped past the gatekeeper. They have slipped past the enemy, the God of this world, into their eternal rest. They have gone to that place which God has prepared for those ones who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do I say that? I want you to, we are looking at this faith that overcomes the world. This faith that overcomes the evil one. This faith that foils the plans and the schemes of the enemy. And God wants you to grasp it. The Lord wants me to grasp it so that we may be able to walk in the victory that God has ordained for us. And more so, we may be able to grasp the promises, just like the song we sang at the beginning, to grasp the promises that he has already given for us. To grasp what creation has grasped. Look at the earth. It has been rolling and rolling at the command of the Lord for all these thousands of years around the sun never disobeying its command. 
And that faith will enable us to be able to obey that particular command that God has effected in you and in me to realize who you are supposed to be and what I am supposed to be as we embody that faith that has been given unto us. In the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 and 24, the word of God says, as we are looking at the, the, the believers, I said when they die, the enemy or the God of this world cannot hold them anymore in, in, in heading. Death cannot hold them anymore. It becomes now they sleep by him. He can't understand why he can't hold them. That's why this victory overcomes the world. It baffles the evil one. In that Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 to 24, the Bible says, But you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly, the church of the firstborn, who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men, and our Lord, just men and women, made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. I want you to note in that verse where it says, you have come to the spirits of just men and just women made perfect. This faith has made them perfect. For that reason, Hades could not, cannot hold them anymore. They go into the prison. The Bible says they are already in the assembly in the Mount Zion waiting for their resurrection. In the same, same vein, look at Revelation chapter 6, verse 9 to 11. The word of God says, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. Verse 11, then a white robe was given to each of them. And it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who will be killed as they were was complete. That means that devil is no longer able to hold them. They are free to go into the place of rest. How? It's because they have found the victory that overcomes the world. The world cannot hold them in its realm anymore. The world cannot hold you in its realm, realm anymore. And that is what 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 tells us. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. That is our faith. Your faith is what overcomes the world. And what is that faith? A faith that has been given unto us by God. So the question is, as we move on, do you have this faith? Have you attained this faith? Have you grasped this faith? I want you to check yourself as I check myself. Let us not just be religious men and women, following the crowd or following something that our parents used to follow. It is something that must be a personal encounter you and I must experience 
as we receive this particular faith and we grasp it, we embody it in ourselves and it becomes a victory that overcomes the world. We say it in the wilderness, Jesus triumphed over the ruler of this world. Then throughout up to the cross, then up to resurrection. And even long before he went to the cross, he could boldly declare the following words. In John chapter 16, verse, verse 11, he says that oh, you know, because the ruler of this world is judged, he could already declare in advance, before even he went to the cross, that the ruler of this world is judged. He is no longer, that is the ruler of this world, is no longer the deciding factor. He is no longer sitting on the judgment seat to decide your fate and to decide my fate. He's got no power ever again to decide where you are to go and where you are not to go. He cannot order your steps. Why? He has been moved off from the place of judgment. Another one sits on that particular seat of judgment, and that is the Son of God who triumphed over him in the wilderness. Do you have faith in this Son of God? Have you come to believe him and to know him as your Lord and your Savior? Has he become your hope? The decision is yours. He says again in chapter 12 of John, verse 31, Jesus says, now is the judgment of this world. Imagine how he says, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. He no longer has a place to influence your life or to influence your destiny to influence that which concerns you, to corrupt that which God has ordained for your life and for my life. That's why Jesus was saying, this is the faith that overcomes the world. It is above the enemy. He cannot be able to attain it. He cannot be able to grasp, to pull it down unless you allow him or unless I allow him. The ruler of this world no longer has the final say. Jesus, our faith, has the final say. This is the victory that overcomes the world. And so in this session part three, as we look at this particular faith, and what we said today, I want us just briefly, we are going to focus on what the scripture tells us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Now realize, Jesus, therefore, is the embodiment of what overcomes the world. Only him. He is the embodiment 